Welcome back to another episode of Second Player Press Start. My name is James, and I am joined by my friends and guy on the couch. Darren. Darren. Resident uh, guy on the couch. He just lives here on my couch. No, that's not true. Um, today we're here not to talk about couches, um, unfortunately, Darren. But we are here to talk <laughs> about a game that we played... Um, in the spirit of this podcast and uh, playing together, uh, we played a free-to-play cooperative third-person shooter. Uh, I don't know if it's much of a shooter, because um, there is a lot of uh, slashing and swordplay involved. Right, melee combat. Um, and that game was Warframe. Um, we actually played this at our own houses instead of getting together. Yeah, instead of me being on the couch. Yeah, there's this thing called the internet, and I guess you can use it to like connect two players together to play online, which um, huh. I've never heard of so that. So we don't just plug controllers into a box then? No. In order to play together? No, I guess we've been we'll doing have it. to look into this. Yeah. It's called the interwebs? Yes. Interesting. Um yeah, I guess we've been doing it wrong for the past 20 years or so that we've been... Doing it wrong. ...playing games together. But, um, yeah, I played here on uh, my PC, and uh, Darren played at his house on his PC. On my PC. So, not only was this a first for us in playing in our own place, but also, um, like, not playing how can i say this not playing on one screen yes and playing a pc game well no technically fantasy strike was fantasy strike yes although yes. we did play on a nvidia shield right so console-esque but, but it yeah, was right. connected to a steam machine but that's true yeah you that's are you are correct logistically sir. uh i guess it is kind of a pc game but that felt more like a console experience. It did, yeah. I guess this is the first game we've played with a mouse and keyboard. Ah, right. Yes. I was actually considering <laughs> plugging a controller into this game, which okay. is interesting. Yeah. Because it felt very controller friendly. It did. Um, yeah, originally we were going to play uh, Destiny 2 uh, that we both picked up for free during, I think it was BlizzCon this year. Right. Um, yeah. They were giving it away for free on PC. I told Darren about it, and uh, he added it to his library. But um, when it came down to installing the game, um, I think it was something... It was 80 gigs, man. 80 gigs. 80 gigs. And uh, Darren didn't have the hard drive space to spare. I'm not even too sure if I would have had the space <laughs> to share either. Um, so... We opted to play Warframe, um, and the reason it kind of came to mind was um, I've heard a lot of comparisons between Destiny and Warframe. Right. Um, Warframe's a game that, I guess, came out in 2013. Yeah, it's, um, not, it's not new. No. And uh, I think I even played this when the PlayStation 4 launched. Um very briefly because it was just something free i do remember something about that yeah now that you mention it and it was like that opening sequence and there's some hacking and slashing and yeah yeah interesting 
Um, I wouldn't have remembered that until you said it. But I think even that opening sequence is a lot different to what I played way back when. Um, but for for um, argument's sake, I mean, we were pretty fresh going into this game. Absolutely. And um, it didn't eat up 80 gigs of hard drive space. So That's true. Uh, we both installed it. and um, On your crazy high-speed optic internet, though, it was way faster than me. So. Yeah. I had to wait around for Darren because his internet was super slow. And yeah. I've got some pretty uber fat pipes. <laughs> We're talking about your uh, arms right now, right? Yep. Yeah. 22 inch pythons. Yep. Um, but anyway, internet speed aside. <laughs> um, yeah. So the game was installed in both of our machines. We launched steam where we kind of chatted to each other. Um, again, over this internet thing. And, uh, we both write this down. This is fascinating. I think we you can get this show on the internet too, from what I've heard. the The guy that I send this to. Wait, I, you're recording this? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we got to stop this. All right, focus. Um, on point. Yes, uh, Warframe. Um, yeah. So we both fired up the game, and uh, I think I initially launched it before Darren's had finished downloading, just to get a sense of like what to expect could right. we just jump right in and play together and unfortunately the answer was no yeah, yeah. um there was two i was it two or three little missions where right you had to kind of solo it and uh these acted more like tutorials um and just kind of a setup for the game mm -hmm. um i didn't really pay too close attention to the story um, just because I was kind of trying to blow through it. So we yeah, could that's, get... that's a fair point. That's interesting because you, you did mention too, when we talked on steam that you had also streamed it to like your tablet or your laptop or something. Yes. So that was, I don't know, maybe you want us to even speak about that experience just, just because it's a different way to play than I got to experience. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> the evening where we were kind of scheduled to play this game, um, it downloaded for me in like 15 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, I did the, the steam screen sharing thing, uh, to my MacBook um, as I was upstairs, um, just, uh, one to see if it even could launch and run mm -hmm. on my computer. And, um, it did fine. And I was able to stream it. Um, so I was just using that steam in home streaming mm -hmm. stuff, which it's amazing how well that works. Yeah. And, um, so I was playing on my MacBook with the trackpad, which wasn't a good experience, but, sure. um, I could at least get the sense that, okay, these first couple of levels, uh, we're just going to have to quickly grind through them before we can get to a yeah. point yeah. where we can, uh, play together. And so, that, that did like you mentioned, that did give us a particular experience in those first few levels, which maybe we would have focused more on the story had we been playing it so like here, right? Right. And we might have picked up more on what was going on in the in the story sequence instead of realizing, hey, we need to burn through this so that we can actually co-op this game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I honestly, I, I could kind of try to explain a bit of what was going on narratively 
and they're we i think our avatars our characters are these weird super powered beings kind of like combat monster things like weapons yeah and that there was some guy that i don't know reanimated us or brought us to life or something in order to to use us for a weapon but there's some ai woman maybe that we're talking to oh yeah i didn't pay that much attention cortana type person and she was telling us to do this other thing and because she was the one leading us through the tutorial right in some capacity her voice once in a while um and i think there was three missions because there was the first one where we're just dropped in and it's mostly just combat and then the second one where we had to find our ship and then escape yep and then the third one where we went to the first planet or first location i think it was a planet yeah and we have to find some sort of resource or material or something that helps our ship do a thing yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what i got from it yeah, too. okay yeah. okay we're on the same page get the stuff to do the thing that was uh kind of the, what i got out of that um yeah, reminds me of no man's sky actually yeah now that i think about it except um, less, less slashy yeah um but yeah unlike no man's sky like off the bat i kind of had fun with it hmm. um <laughs> oh burn <laughs> yikes um yeah, it's, it's a third-person game, which um, I'm generally kind of a fan of. Like, I like mm-hmm. seeing my character. Yeah. And um, this game involves a lot of movement, which I think, you know, yeah. seeing your character in third person, you get a sense of, like, how well and where positionally this guy is placed. For sure. Um, and it kind of just looks really cool, him jumping around, and he's got these kind of little acrobatic moves and slides and stuff right, that, right. that look really neat. Yeah. And uh, you first, I think, get a, a little pistol, if I'm remembering correctly. Or so is it- it's, it's interesting you mentioned, first for me, going back to the movement in the third person, I think that if this game was done first person, as there, there have been games yeah. that have that similar mobility that are done first person, um, even I'm thinking of like Mirror's Edge or whatever. Right. right. Um and there's benefits and drawbacks right pros and cons but i think some of the mobility that you see in this game and some of the visual flair from those movements do lend itself to this viewpoint yeah i think if it was done in a first person as we've seen first person shooters done and this game has shooting and it has melee combat so i could see it being done even crisis and those style games were similar right you have your special suit that does super moves or whatever but you also have a automatic rifle or whatever so i think that third person was a good choice for the game and then going to talk about the weapons i remember because you had already gone through some of the sequences that i was getting through yeah so i was a bit behind you in terms of timing but it was interesting that whenever i told you where i was and asked what weapon you picked up i either purposefully tried to pick a different one than you did just to get a different experience or i had already picked a different weapon that was more my playstyle. So I focused on the silent ninja stealth kill uh, long range, and you were focused on the kind of guns uh, blazing, yeah, guns yeah. blazing kind of character. Yeah, and it seemed like we were both able to 
relatively easy complete those first few levels yeah. in the various ways that we chose to play them yeah. without running into any issues or getting murdered a lot or whatever. Um, I don't think I died, honestly. No, I don't think I did either. Yeah. So uh, you would have had some sort of a little pistol or something and yeah. you had a katana, like yeah. a samurai sword. Yeah. And then you had like an automatic rifle. And I had like this long staff thing and throwing stars and then a bow and arrow. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think I think that would have lent itself. I, I didn't see James's play un, until we started playing in the same level together. But I would have lent itself to a, a very different experience. I remember when we got to the third tutorial where it was the most, the largest area. Right. You're playing solo. My playthrough took a lot longer than yours because you you did go guns blazing. Yeah. And the weapons that I had chosen didn't lend itself to that style of play. So I was much more methodical, slower, picking people off from a distance, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think that's interesting that we could both approach the game in a totally different way based on the weapons that we chose, even though we are presented with the same problems. And in fact, we actually chose the same character archetype too, because we were supposed to pick from three different character classes at the beginning, right? That's right. Yeah. We both chose the one that said specifically it was meant for new players. Yeah. Because the other two, though they were different, it didn't have that explicit call out for new players. So we decided, let's just pick this one. It makes sense. It might be easier. And then we can experience more of the game instead of like the nuance mechanisms. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even though we kind of brushed aside the, the story aspects, um, I just thought like the, the vibe and like the way it looked and stuff was, was really neat. And it, was. Uh, it felt unique. Very, um, very unique. It did heavily remind me of destiny. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could maybe make the argument that this game was here before Destiny. Hmm. Um, hmm. But I'm pretty sure there's been, like, a lot of influence drawn from Destiny. Right. Um, even the way that the when you're selecting missions um, and the, like, you know, landing on your ship and kind of flying into the mission... Uh, it's very destiny like okay um but i think the way that you know being in this third person and having kind of this melee combat uh, alongside kind of the gun combat or if you choose to play like darren maybe going in a, a bit more stealthy mm -hmm. um it has a bit more uh depth than uh even destiny had okay and um it's pretty remarkable for a free-to-play game. Yeah, I was I was impressed with just the amount of stuff that from our surface level play that you could tell was there. Like there was so much content. Yeah. And at times it was overwhelming to the point where I knew that the world was interesting and that there was a lot here to learn and play through and fiddle with, but it it required my investment and knowing that how can i say it there's some games where and we we recently talked about red dead but how we've heard people say things like well 
this game doesn't really get going or really get good until you hit, you know, hour 10 or hour 20 or whatever it is. And this game, without explicitly telling me this game requires my investment, I knew from my first 15 minutes with it that if if I wanted to, I could spend a lot of time here and really invest in the way that I played my character, the, the mods or whatever they were called to change the way my character moved or functioned or attacked or whatever. Um, and that the world was big enough and diverse enough and unique enough that I could be interested in just diving in two feet first and, and just immersing myself in it. Um, and I knew that without the game saying anything explicit, right? Yeah. I knew it from the way that it showed me all of its content and like just scratched the surface of this is what melee combat is kind of like. But I knew that because I could have picked multiple other classes and multiple other weapons that I could just fiddle around with just the combat part of it. Maybe the game is more than combat. I don't know from what I've played through it. I assume that a lot of the quests and missions are about fighting, whether it's PvP or PvE, right? Yeah. Um, and we didn't even really see player versus player PvP no. stuff. So who's who's to say? But yeah, just very deep, very yeah. complex. And um, I think it has that room to be deep, but then I think it also kind of scratched the itch that I was kind of looking for of like, I just kind of want a game where um, we can just kind of jump in and uh, we can kind of chat to each other and, you know, do something cooperatively together. Yeah. Um, do a little mission, you know, slice some dudes <laughs> and uh, generally just have a good time. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to slice a dude. Yeah. And um, I think some games like are just fun when you just play together, regardless of kind of what you're doing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This definitely had that, but I was also just having fun doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the experience as a player in the game was interesting and as a co-op, you know, joining somebody else in yeah. the game doing it. I think if we weren't talking to each other at the same time, I would have felt Number one, it wouldn't feel like second player press start, honestly, because right. we talked through everything that we're playing. But number two, I wouldn't have felt the same level of interaction. Yeah. Even in the way, because all I'm seeing is another uh, graphic design, like 3D figure on the screen doing a thing. And that could be an NPC for all I know. That could be right. AI controlled. So the fact that. I knew you were playing that particular model and that you were using weapons that you had chosen for your character and that I could hear you when you, you know, you open a door and somebody starts shooting at you and then I'm hearing James like, whoa, whoa, and you know, that kind of thing. That just lent itself to a better co-op experience. Now we were using the Steam voice chat. I'm, I don't know, because it's on Steam, I doubt that Warframe built any voice chat into their own game. It's possible. I've seen that happen. No, I think there was some, um, because I, I think I remember fiddling around on the options and it said something about like push mm. to, to talk. Okay. Okay. Sure. And I know, um, again, we didn't explore it in the time that we played because there just seemed like so much depth beyond. Yeah. yeah. We kind of just barely scratched the surface. Um, but it seemed like there was, again, very similar to Destiny of kind of this hub 
community world or section right, right. where um, my guess is you would kind of go in and uh, it would be a social space that you could chat with people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. probably team up if you wanted to do that. Again, very similar to um, what Destiny offered as a game. Right. Um, but yeah, there was a lot to this. And uh, I think, like you said, it kind of gives you that flexibility of if you want to go whole hog and, you know, read all the little lore notes and kind of right dive right in, you can do that. But if you just want a fun game to play with a buddy, um, it has that too. Yeah, yeah. I felt after we got past those opening sections and we played, I think, one or two missions together, um, there was a point where uh, you had logged off a bit earlier than me, and you might want to talk about your experience, at least towards the end there. Yes. But um, I was digging through some of the menus and and uh, like in-game content menus, not options menus, and realizing that, you know, there's this whole subsection of training videos to learn how to use different things and, and combat moves and things like that. There's this whole mod section where you can mod your your body or your suit or whatever as well as each gun and you can change you know a bunch of details on maybe maybe i'm just speculating but like rate of fire and damage and all that kind of stuff for different weapons and um that part i was getting to the point in the game where if I maybe if I just went to the next mission I could just keep playing it would be fine right but starting to dig into that that's where I was like this is just too much for me right now yeah and I'm overwhelmed enough by this that I feel okay just logging out because James isn't playing anymore and maybe we'll come back to it again but I realized at that point like if I really wanted to I could read through all this stuff and start to make sense of what modding things looks like and what gear I need, or maybe there's some crafting elements and changing my weapons and my loadouts and changing my play style. And those options were all available to me. Though up to that point, the tutorialized stuff was very much go here, do this, go here, do this. But I was never prepared for this like open menu, all this stuff at once kind of thing. Yeah. Because none of it made sense unless I really took the time and investment to read through it and make sense of it. So I don't know if you saw some of that because of how, you know, when you quit the game or when you stopped playing, but maybe you, maybe you did. Yeah. I, I did see some of that stuff. Um, I think I even went into um, like, you can customize the way your character looks and stuff, Mm. depending on what gear you find. And um, I think that's really smart. Um, cause I'm sure that's where they make money with the kind of microtransactions right. for, right. you know, they probably sell a certain suit at a, at a certain, uh, rate of money. And you know, that's probably a limited time Sure, and it probably switches in and out. Um, and it being a third person game, um, it's smart to do that because if you buy, yeah. you know, a cool set of armor, you get to see that armor and totally. yeah. so does the people that you're playing with get to see it. So. Um, that's really smart. Um, but it did seem like the game didn't show you that stuff. Like we only saw that cause we kind of 
started to dig around and right, right. kind of flip to the back of the book, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was doing a good job with those early missions of just kind of trickling information mm. to you. Um, it didn't kind of let go of your hand and say, okay, here's everything. Right. Uh, it seemed like it was going down the path of slowly introducing you to the world and to the story mm. and uh, some of the mechanics and how to use them. Right. Um, I felt like the, the beginning pacing was set up really well. Yeah. I will say th the one difference between the playthroughs, because you had started a bit earlier than me, was when we got to the level where we could combine our forces or whatever, or actually play a co-op game, because you were there waiting for me, you were the one that started the missions. Right. And I, as, a, as the player you invited to your party or whatever, simply had to say accept, and then we moved on. So I don't think in those first few sequences that I ever actually chose like, or went to a place on the ship to pick a mission. So that's the one thing that I never got to do. Right. Just based on the way our experience as a co-op game went. So that part of it, I can't say whether that was delivered well or not. Um, Cause there was sometimes, especially when I was in that ship, because I was, uh, where I missed some audio cues and stuff because we were trying to figure out how to play co-op that I was a little confused with, you know, where, where do I go to do this thing? Right. And then a pop-up shows up and, you know, James invited you to a party and I say yes. And then, then I don't have to figure that out anymore. Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I guess I had the, the advantage of kind of being the, the party hoster of just mm. kind of um, getting to experience all of it before. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you missed a ton of stuff really. Like from what I could tell that beginning part was very, um, it was a very straight path of like, okay, this mission to this mission to this mission. Um, I would expect that later on it would kind of expand and branch out and you could probably choose right. where you wanted to go or what mission you wanted to take. But right. um, again, I think the game did a good job of kind of trickling that to you hmm. in the beginning. Um, yeah, I guess um, I'll kind of just chat about my... Uh, like kind end of game experience end game experience which um was really bizarre um like i play a lot of games um i own a playstation vr which um i've experienced a little bit of nausea mm -hmm. when i first got it um i think it's been referred to as like vr legs right um you definitely build up a tolerance for it I'm now at a point where I can play VR games without any problems. Mm -hmm. um, and usually if I'm playing VR games and I start to feel a little sick, um, there's kind of signs for me to stop. Sure. Um, and usually when I feel those signs, which I haven't felt them since um, I first got the unit, um, I'll just stop playing because it's not worth kind of getting sick. Um you just, you know, you go back the next day and uh, you kind of build up a tolerance for it. Right. Um, the one bizarre thing about this game, and I did a little bit of research afterwards, and I guess it's a problem for some people, 
is um, you can get motion sickness from this game. And it was really weird because um, Darren and I, we finished the mission and uh, it was getting late. And I was like, you know what? I got to work tomorrow. Um, We Mm -hmm. should probably kind of wrap things up. So I'm just kind of chatting with Darren and, you know, we're kind of wrapping things up. And all of a sudden I like come over in this like cold sweat Mm. and uh, I'll apologize on podcasts. um, (laughs) But yeah, I kind of abruptly said, okay, Darren, I, yeah, I gotta go. Right. Um, So I kind of quit the game and I started to feel like I was going to like throw up. Right. Um, Which I've never felt before even playing VR because it's Mm. never got to that point um and i had to like talk myself off the ledge of like okay (laughs) just don't throw up this isn't a a good thing to do right now (laughs) um so i made it to the bathroom and uh i kind of calmed myself down and the the sweat kind of dissipated Hmm. and uh i went to bed but i was still feeling a little dizzy when i kind of laid down but um from what I've read about the game and people that have also kind of experienced motion sickness, I guess the way the um, the UI animates, there's some on-screen UI. Yeah. And I guess when you're shooting or, you know, there's motion happening in the game, the UI kind of vibrates a little bit in reaction to kind of your movement. Hmm. And I guess for some players, this causes a bit of... Uh, motion sickness which i guess is what i yeah. kind of experienced sure um it was crazy that it the wave kind of happens like kind of hit me like really suddenly which um i was not expecting um from what i read you can turn those effects off okay um and turn some of the blur stuff off um which uh from what i've heard does help um, but yeah, really bizarre that for all the games that I've played, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and even experiencing VR that I have that, you know, if you would expect to get sick, that would be right. uh, a medium that you would get sick with. Um, this is the first game that I've ever had that feeling. Yeah. So yeah, just a fair warning. Um, obviously it didn't happen to you. Yeah. It's interesting because... I remember way back in the day, N64 Turok. Right. Man, I almost vomited. Like, I was just a kid at the time. Yeah. Wow, that just threw me. And just because I think at the time, it was one of the highest-end graphical first-person shooters that existed. And I hadn't ever seen anything that was that was like that. Like, I was moving in a real space before. Um, and it happened to me when I was using your VR unit, too. It wasn't... You know, I never, like you said, I never got to that level. I knew that it was coming, so I just Stop. I started to feel yeah. it, and then I stopped. Um, but I was very surprised to hear that, because that's not usually a thing. We talked about that issue when I was playing your VR thing, and you're like, yeah, that's not really, you know, it's not really an issue for me. But So I was very surprised to hear that. And even at the time, you didn't tell me in that moment. You just kind of, you know... You said, okay, got to go. And that was, that. that's the only thing I knew about. Yeah. It. So I kept feeling around in the menus because I was interested and that was right. that. But it was interesting to find out the next day. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it was really weird. Um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous to like go back <laughs> and play it because I don't want to get sick again. Sure. Um, but I did have fun when we were playing. So yeah, you did mention that there was options that maybe you could yeah could fiddle around with. And uh, yeah, I would I would definitely give it a shot. Um, even just out of the interest of like seeing. Would this game make me sick again? I'm, right, I'd, right. I think for science, I would, <laughs> I would, I would do it again. Um, uh, I mean, it might have been a number of factors. Maybe it was like a, a refresh rate issue. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think I had like VSync on, um, and I did notice some screen tearing. So maybe there was something hmm. weird going on with. Um, my resolution settings are sure the PC stuff that, yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that because it's, we just talked about how this was, uh, I guess the second PC game we've played considering we played fantasy strike on steam yeah, or through steam, but even fantasy strike and a lot of, a lot of games today that we play, not only are on the console, but have picked up some of those elements from console gaming where they just, they don't give you as much option over the graphics, over the sound. Uh, you don't have to pick how many sound channels. You don't have to pick your level of anti-aliasing or yeah. anti-cytropic, you know, filtering or whatever. Um, so just to get into a PC game again, and for me to open up these options menus and see all these things, it was it was pretty overwhelming, right? Yeah, I. I've been a PC gamer for a long time and I still play PC games today, but I haven't seen an options menu in the, you know, in the back end like that for a long time. Yeah. The closest that I've come to it is um, I play Blizzard's Hero of the Storm, Heroes of the Storm and in the graphics section or the gameplay section, there's some checkboxes and some, you know, some drop down menus for levels of graphics and whatnot, but it was, it's probably half of, you know, what was in this game. And then, uh, there was just something that stood out to me because it's, it isn't something that I see every day. Yeah. And I guess it's even more telling given that you primarily play on a PC. Right. Um, for you to be kind of overwhelmed with the amount of yeah. settings. Um, <laughs> yeah. That kind of says something. Um, generally as I've gotten back into PC gaming, um, I find that most games just do a good job of like, they'll just kind of set the settings for you. Right. Um, and I didn't really have enough time to like load up to see like how many frames I was getting or sure. any of that stuff as I was playing. It felt, it felt good and it yeah. looked good. Yeah. Um, but I think if I was to play this again, I'd probably maybe analyze it a little bit further because obviously I don't want to get sick again. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and if there's anything that I can do to prevent that, then right. obviously I'd maybe twiddle around with some of the settings. To, yeah. And, to and on, on my end, like I had VSync on because I just wanted, you know, a similar to console experience. Yeah. Um, and my frame rates were fine pretty much the entire game, the entire time that we played. So I didn't really bother messing with the settings. Um, the fact that it probably set some things recommended for me as soon as my computer loaded up the game was just great. And I didn't oh. have to deal with them. Now, if I wanted to, if I had similar issues like you did, or if 
some of the frame rates or some of the tearing or whatever was an issue for me, then I could change it. I felt that the graphics um, were quite nice. They were yep. quite smooth. They were there was a lot of detail. There was some good effects and stuff, and I I felt like I was getting you know as good of experience as as I um, as I should have. Yeah. Maybe there was some things that you know weren't optimized for my system um, that could have been better, but I didn't feel like it was worth it for my time at that yeah. point anyway to mess around with anything. So I just left it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think the only reason I maybe fiddle with it now is just that I, if I could do something to prevent from getting sick. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, what can we say about the game? It's, it's a lot of fun. Like we mentioned, um, it seems to have the depth if you really want that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a sense that, you know, things were locked behind like paywalls or, you know, you had to spend money. It's a fair point to yeah. do things. Um, maybe you hit that wall later in the game. It's kind of hard to say, but right. Um, for a free to play game, the premise and kind of what it, seems like it's going to do Mm -hmm. um i think it's kind of worth really anybody's time providing you don't get sick um totally to to definitely check out um i know this is available on all of the consoles now um even the nintendo switch um really which i think would be kind of fun to play that portably um that seems kind of like a a neat game to Hmm. play Um, I could see, you know, playing that on a lunch break and kind of grinding through a few levels of, you know, slicing up some guys. That would be a good time. Sure. Um, I don't know if there's any like cross platform play. Right. Um, I'm not too sure if they've implemented that yet, but it seems to be a game that's been around for a long time. And from what I can tell, it just keeps growing and evolving and, uh, right. Um, yeah, I got to give my hats off to the studio and, uh, for creating a pretty quality free to play game. Yeah. Uh, do you know by any chance if it started as a free to play? Yes, it did. Okay. I'm pretty sure it did. Cause I, I only ask because you're right. Like when you consider that, um, it, other than my internet and computer costs, right, which are the same across the board, whether I'm working or playing or whatever, um, it didn't cost me anything to download this game, start it up, connect with you through Steam, play for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever we did, enjoy ourselves playing a video game, and realize that there's still so much more we could dump into this game in terms of time and attention. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, sure, if some stuff is behind a paywall or if we get into it and we're like 30 hours in and we're like, yeah, I'm going to throw them some money because this skin is awesome and I like this game. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And the fact that the game not only is on multiple platforms, but has been in existence for this long. And at least from what I noticed, there's still more fresh content coming out regularly. Yeah. The Steam reviews are still positive. Steam talks about reviews on the long term as well as recent reviews. And the recent reviews are even, in some cases, better than you know long-term reviews. So I feel like the fact that this game has a community, that it's growing, I think that's a, that, to me, seems like a really positive overall 
uh, example of free to play. Yeah. Um, because if, if it wasn't, I don't think they would have lasted this long. I don't think they'd be porting it to other platforms. And I don't think the recent reviews would be so strong. Yeah. Because usually what happens in free to play on the negative side is their paywalls or things like that turn into a money grab and people just get turned off of it. Yeah. So high praise, high praise for the developers sure. and, and what they're continuing to roll out with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, it's, it's not a game for everybody, right? Um, there's some elements in terms of at least what we played through is very combat focused, very yep. much about making your cool character that can kill people in cool ways. Uh, and that's not for everybody, but um for for those who are interested in this kind of uh, large, massively multiplayer online uh, game, and there's, you know, the fact that there's mods and upgrades means that it has some RPG style elements to yeah. it. The fact that you can play co-op, the fact that there's PvP we, that we never experienced, but it's there, and there's the PvE stuff if you want to, you know, experience the world, and that from the onset, it's totally free. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't check this out. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, so Warframe, I guess, gets the thumbs up from Darren and kind of a three-quarters thumbs up from me. <laughs> a, uh, kind of a, a nauseous thumbs up. Nauseous a, thumbs, a up, but, thumbs up. Um, yeah, really bizarre that, you know, I didn't have any problems until the very end and uh, all of a sudden I got sick or felt sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I guess I'll I'll give that caution on playing this game, but um yeah, check it out. I think it's it's worth your time and uh, it won't cost you anything other than your bandwidth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um so with that said, I guess we'll wrap up this episode of Second Player Press Start. Indeed. Um as always, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um yeah, if you want to know more information about this show, um, links to kind of our Twitter profiles and uh, YouTube channels and places you can get this um, beyond the place that you're listening or watching this at right now, um, you can visit our website at secondplayerpressstart.com. Dot com. And that second is spelt with the number two and N. SecondPlayerPressStart.com, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll chat to you next time. And as always, say good night, Darren. Good night, James.